Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and I have some very exciting news. My book, The Mindful High Performer, is now available in the UK. Tap the link in the description to listen to small shifts you can make today to be a calmer, happier, more productive version of yourself. This week on our podcast, I speak to Matt Purcell. Matt is an award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, and champion for young people. Having co-founded award-winning creative agency Mentored Media, Matt whispers into the ears of kings and queens, delivering branding and positioning strategy and outcomes for some of Australia's most well-known brands and high-profile people. Matt is also the founder and CEO of Australian's only verbal self-defense and confidence training program, Social Kung Fu, which has just made its curriculum available to all Australian schools with a mission to positively impact the lives of 1 million Aussie kids. As an adopted Korean Australian, Matt has a powerful story and speaks to audiences around Australia. Today's episode is about establishing your personal brand and tips to help. How do people overcome imposter syndrome? When we're overloaded with work and life, creativity can be really hard to come by. So how does Matt tap into his and how he protects his mental health? Matt is a legend and I hope you really enjoy this show. Let's get started. Matt, I am so happy and thrilled to have you on the podcast today at EQ Minds. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Chelsea. It's good to be here. So, Matt, I always, you know, believe to understand a, a person, it's really important to understand their earliest framework. Can you take me back, you know, to your earliest memories and, and how that has driven you to become who you are today? Yeah, I'm a confusing dude. Like, I always knew that I was special <laughs> because when I was old enough to understand, I looked in the mirror and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I look like this and this is, got to, this is what I got to work with. And then I look at my mum and my dad and they're white. <laughs> like, and I'm this Korean boy. For those who can't see me, um, my voice wouldn't reflect my 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 race, my, my external, my hardware. So there's a few things I say I am. I've got Asian hardware, Australian software, or I'm banana. I look, I'm white on the inside. <laughs> I know I could only say that. And maybe a couple of my mates. But that's, that was a very strange thing because I had to contend with that very early on in life because I'll be holding my hands with my parents walking down the street of Newcastle, which was not, it was not a common sight to see that. And I swear people might have been thinking, like, little boy, are you kidnapped? Like, do you need help? <laughs> because it just didn't look right back in the early 90s especially. And that, did, that didn't really bother me but at all because they, they loved us. Um, my sister's adopted from Taiwan, so we're both these Asian siblings with Australian parents were adopted. And it wasn't until I was six years old where they separated. And that's when it really – Probably that was a defining moment in my life when I was six. I don't remember much of my life before that. I mean, as a kid, you just don't remember much. But that year was crazy because my mum split up and I moved in with my mum and they were all very sad. It was just a very sad place to live in. So I was by myself a lot in my mind and I was insecure and fearful of who I really 
where I was, what I was meant to do and who I was meant to be. And I think that really drove me really hard to want to work hard to figure something out. And I think what I figured out very early on was helping people with their goals, helping people just through their emotional problems. Even in school, I was always helping people who were disadvantaged or left out because something in me was drawn to that to maybe that was the brokenness in me to help them. Um, to maybe I was helping myself through that. But that drove me to work really hard beyond nurture because my mum and dad, I can clearly see where they're in me. But the nature part of me, I can sing, I can play guitar, I can pick up anything creatively and, and learn it really quickly. When my dad sings, things die. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm a bit of a mystery in a lot of ways, but I think that was a really really big part of my life growing up it's a great story and you know where, where you're standing today I think that's one of your drivers right you're, you're so big on helping people you just mentioned that and one of the things that you do really well is help them establish their personal brand and one of the biggest mistakes that you see that, I, that I've heard before you say on other podcasts and that I've read on your website is that you know people they copy someone else instead of actually focusing on what makes them unique do you have any tips to help when it comes to people establishing their personal brand? Yeah. And it's funny because I think that really is, it really relates to identity, doesn't it? Because when you don't know who you are, what do you do? You imitate whoever seems to know or appear to be confident. And that's what I used to do as a kid. So I used to wear, used to, used to wear things and say things and buy things based on some type of measurement or standard but it's usually based on the most confident people in society. And that's what we tend to do with our brands and businesses. And what we, what the negative consequence is this, people will just say this to you, you just look like everyone else. And that's the worst comment anyone can say about you, whether you're on a date or if you have a business. <laughs> oh, Chelsea, your brand, your business just looks like everyone else. It's like, your business just looks like everyone else. Like, well, how do I meant to take that? Like, thank you. <laughs> and the problem with that is there's six, there's this latest data that says there's 6,000 to 10,000 adverts subconsciously sent to us a day digitally down the highway. So you can't just be a cheap copy. So the guys and girls that are the most successful and the, and the people that I work with have done very well. They never skip the basics. They always do the basics and the basic tip we need to begin with is a formula that I use called um, who, for, and where. So it's called, you've got, you've got to have, you'll be able to answer these things. Who are you for? So I am the agency for business leaders who want to grow a personal brand. It's got to be so clear what you are. It can't be, I am an agency or a real estate agency for everybody that wants to buy everything. Like it, you can't just be everything to all people. The whole point of branding is not to attract everyone. It's actually to find the right fit person, right? I mean, it's just like a your business is a human being. It literally has a credit file and address and a name and a reputation. And just like you and me, we have things we like and things we don't like. We don't like hanging around certain people. We don't have certain people or things in our house or in our in our life. The same with our businesses. So we have to our brand needs to reflect that so that we attract those certain people 
so that when people come to your business online or in person, people get a quick sense straight away. It's like, oh, this isn't fit for me or this is a bit pricey for me. Or, But you want that person who's like, yeah, I aspire to have this one day or this is something I'm, I can't believe. This is like an answer to prayer for me. So that's the thing is it will test your security. It will test your your you will really test your security as a person to be able to go, yes, I am this. And so many people haven't thought about it because it's just way too it's easier just to copy other people. Mm-hmm. But you, you that's not how any of the top brands or the best human beings ever met. That's not how they think. Do you ever experience imposter syndrome? I think that's a really big thing, you know, with, with establishing this personal brand and I saw something on your feed and I thought, wow, that is just brilliant. And the, the quote was, I believe we aren't born winners or losers, we are born choosers and choose mm-hmm. to play the cards you've been handed the best you can. And, gosh, that struck a chord with me. And, yeah, do you experience imposter syndrome? And and if you do, how do you get over that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely I felt that especially starting out and especially when you when I started getting some success or some runs on the board it's surprising to me when I work with brands this imposter syndrome rears its head up with the most experienced most wise people in the industry and you're like what have you got to be fearful about you've got the runs on the board and I actually read a study on this it's um running crew Kruger effect. Basically, the idea is when someone starts something straight away, when someone's getting really quick wins, something's fairly new in their life, they experience a very high, uh, they, they experience something, they experience high wins quickly. So they get this really good sense of achievement straight away because everything's new. So, and as you get older, you're more aware of what you don't know. So then you're like, oh, really? I don't know if I'm this. There's so much I, I, I haven't reached that yet. And that's where people feel like they're an imposter there. So the whole idea is if you feel like you're an imposter and you're not ready, <laughs> it's a good shot. There's a good chance that you are ready. It's a good indicator that you are. And secondly, there's an old, there's an old uh, biblical Ten Commandment that says, um, it's really interesting. I draw it out. You shall not bear false witness to your neighbor. And I like the idea of false witness or bearing witness, actually, because bearing witness, just like someone on a stand in court, you just have to speak to what you saw, what you felt, what you experienced. That's all you're meant to do. Anything outside of that, you're under oath. So you, you have to be truthful. Imposter syndrome, this is what helped me to get over it. Just speak, just bear witness to your life. So you just got to be absolutely great historian, a great, you do a timeline effect, a timeline exercise where you look at the most important achievements and failures along the way and the people you met and that's your biography and that's your content and you're speaking only to that and you're not lying about that. You're just bearing witness to what you've done and you're just sharing it generously to an audience or your staff or your family so they may not have to go through those same mistakes so bear witness and if you feel like you're a imposter and you've been around a while your chances are you're probably ready to step out Mm -hmm. that's awesome that is such an awesome answer you do a lot matt (laughs) you know yeah this wise sage counsel 
Cool. You have uh, you've you've got such a colourful life, you know, and mm. I I see this a lot in in what we do with exceptionally very. I guess overloaded human beings in terms of they, they're doing a lot out there, and and then I find what happens is they feel like their creativity gets a little bit stifled. And I look at you and I listen to you and I think you're a really creative person. And so, do you have any like how do you tap into your creativity to keep this innovation alive with what you're doing out there? Mm. I have to compartmentalize it very simply into two like bank accounts in my mind. My deposits for creativity have not to do with work at all. So I'm not learning to work. I tried to do that and it just seems a bit transactional. It just killed my soul a bit. The only reason why I'm thriving in this in the, in this role of creative director and doing all the things I'm doing is because there's an overflow. It comes from an overflow from my private life. So I... If if you ask the question, or oh, what would you do if you had no, if you had, if you so have all your money's problem solved and you just do anything you want, I'd be doing still the same things that I then fills it fills my tank up so that I have things to withdraw. People withdraw from my account all the time at work. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things like I'm a musician, so I don't advertise that. I don't have to have an audience for that. It's just for an audience of one. That's fantastic. I, I've done session music music stuff in the past. I've played some cool artists. but So I've got that brain to be able to rec- pattern recognition. So I'm just already, I'm a nerd in sense of not just computer games that like we stereotype nerds as these techie people, but I'm a nerd in sense of I, I do like studying in my own time why things are hooky and why things why things have hooks. Why am I fully have why does this movie have my attention for two and a half hours when usually I can't even stand still for that long or stay focused on anything so I'm interested in all these things so I then dive deep and read books or so it's just a natural thing no one has to tell me to do that so that's in my own time and that serves me at work or then I'm able to find those patterns and you know be able to do execute there so yeah it's a bit of a private it's private life overflows into my professional life. And without it, I'll be running out of, I'll be using the same tricks all the time, which is, which gets old and it's not yeah. always useful. So get some hobbies, people. This is, yeah. this is a big thing for the audience. Find some interesting things to do outside of your job and give yourself some space, right? Where you don't always have to think about work. Like it's, you know, I find the best ideas for me come to me when I'm playing the piano or when I'm surfing mm-hmm. or when I'm riding the horse with our daughter or, and I'm not thinking about, I'm not going into see text the horse going, gosh, I hope I come up with a cracker of an idea while I'm riding you, Ted. I just let it be and give my mind <laughs> some space, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, we both have a lot going on. And this is, I always finish up the podcast around this question. How do you manage all of what you're doing? You know, all the juggle, as well as being an awesome dad. You know, how, how do you protect your mental health these days, Matt? Oh, it's it's challenging. I do have rules, but so my rules have been weekends are absolutely sacred. Like I don't really work weekends at all. I don't actually pick up the phone on the weekend for any work thing work-related. And if the phone rings from something work-related, it's I know it's an absolutely um, big emergency. 
So that's great. So that's crafted out. My evenings are really important to unwind and I need to talk to my my partner. So I just, I desperately need a companion to be able to process anything throughout the day or um, just not talk about work that's necessarily, you know, I don't really want to talk about it all the time, but if there's private stuff or emotional stuff, that's my outlet, it's my partner. And I've got a few old best buds who are my sparring partners. What I mean by sparring partners, they're my verbal sparring partners. So ever since I was a young boy, I found it very fun just to find philosophers, like philosophical spirits, and we just philosophize over stuff. And it was so in such a safe environment where you literally put something even controversial on the table between two friends verbally and we're like, discuss, what if we just did this crazy idea in society that, and we're like, oh, that's dumb because of this. Oh, but have you thought about this? Oh, it's a good point. Well, and we'll just talk. That's very fun for me. So that's really good. Um, and music as well and getting at least seven hours sleep uh, for me works well. I'm a good morning riser and I'm a good, I can stay up really late and I can wake up really early. So I'm, I'm quite a freak. And when I hit the pillow, I'm gone in 30 seconds my, to my partner's uh, disgust. I don't know to if it's blokes. Yes. I don't know if, to, <laughs> if you don't know if it's typically blokes or not that happens to like, I'd like to hear some feedback on that. Um, they just, but I, a lot of my friends are the same. They're like, yeah, I'm gone. That's interesting. You know, when I poll people in the audience at our keynote events and I say, you know, who's waking up from one till four in the morning, 80%, 80% of the audience wakes up in that period of time. Do you wake up then? Do you wake up or you're just like straight through? I'm straight through. I'm strange. (laughs) 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 Matt, you are so generous. You are, you're such an authentic, kind, hilarious driven, just awesome human being. Where can our audience find you? Well, Chelsea, no, no, it's like a big sales plug. No, Chelsea, thank you so much. I think socials is great. Um, Matt Purcell official is Instagram and anything with my name, Matt Purcell, P-U-R-C-E-L-L. Sometimes I can't even spell my own name, but that's how it's apparently spelled. (laughs) Thanks so much, Chelsea. Thanks for your time, Matt. It's been such a pleasure having you today. This podcast and the information contained therein is made available for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide medical advice. This information should not be used as a substitute for competent medical advice from a licensed specialist, doctor or psychologist. Thank you.